0: It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast, helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If If you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. I'm excited about today's guest. Uh, we have Tristan Pelu, who's the director of StrategY Wire Limited. Uh, Tristan is the director at StrategyWire, as I said, independent management consulting, and also the editor at FinTech Review, online media on the FinTech industry. Uh, Tristan founded both ventures after an international career in financial services, latterly in corporate strategy at Virgin Money UK in London. And obviously, because he's truly curious and passionate about strategy and innovation, can't wait to chat about those things. Uh, Tristan is also a board member of Audencia Alumni, the alumni network nonprofit of Audencia Business School and a business mentor to entrepreneurs across Europe. Welcome, Tristan. It's great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Jonah.
0: Uh, so where, where are you based at the moment? You mentioned, I know you mentioned Virgin Money UK previously, but where's where are you living at the moment?
1: Um, At the moment, I'm in Barcelona, Spain.
0: Fantastic! I think you're our first, uh, my first uh, guest from uh, from Spain. So it's uh, and uh, (laughs) this is unrelated to leadership, (laughs) and we haven't talked about this before. But I'm a massive uh, football fan, and so I tend to just know. Geography based on football teams. So Barcelona, I'm very familiar with because of Barcelona. Um, are you? A, do you follow football much yourself?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um, my my team. So uh, being a, a Frenchman from from the south, my my team is uh, Olympique de Marseille in south of France. Uh, but I do I do follow what's what's happening here in Barcelona and more broadly uh, in European football.
0: Amazing Well, I'm very jealous of all the amazing football around you here on the other side of the world in Australia. we have very limited quality of of football. Um, and so <laughs> that's uh, anyway, that's another topic. I couldn't help but go there as soon as I uh, um, as soon as we started chatting because I just love football so much. but let's get into the more important things. I would love to start off by uh, giving listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. I, I guess a bit of the story of Tristan Pelu and Feel free to go back as far as you want, how you, um, you know, the journey you've been through as a leader to be who you are today.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in, in various parts of, of France and a little bit in, in Middle East in Jordan uh, when I was a, a teenager um, and kind of set the scenes as uh, the international uh, me uh, that that uh, I continue to pursue, like living abroad and, and discovering new things. Um, so I I study in business school in in France um, at uh, audencia Business School, um, and yes. I also went to uh, do an exchange in the Netherlands in in economics. Wow! And when. When I completed my studies, I moved to London to work firstly in uh, m So doing cross-border uh, mergers and acquisitions at um, the Swiss bank called Mirabeau. Mm-hmm. And after that, I joined uh, what is now Virgin Money uh, in corporate development. So working in corporate strategy, corporate finance. So very close to, to the leadership team at, at Virgin Money and, and the board. Uh, this was my first taste of you know, w- discovering the different leadership styles and and how people are are managing a big business, uh, uh, um, a listed listed entity. So it was quite interesting. Uh, I spent uh, nearly six years in in that team, so working on a range of projects from the IPO of the bank in 2016 to large restructurings and performance management and lots of cool innovation projects as well Um, and during that time i I started to get really interested in innovation in financial services and fintech um i laterly i was focusing on developing strategic partnerships with with fintech startups and big technology companies so um, i I had really a good time uh, in london doing that um and, uh, but last year I decided that um, it was time to, for a new challenge. So I moved to Barcelona and I started uh, a couple of ventures, as you said. Um, so strategy working with uh, companies all over the world, trying to help them with their, with their strategy from uh, launching new businesses to also try to fix some issues that they might have around marketing, distribution, operations, um, and scaling my, uh, what started as a, as a personal blog FinTech review. And there's now, uh, my little media on FinTech you know, where I, I write, I interview people, I, um, I welcome guest posts. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite, uh, quite a journey from, uh, <laughs> from, uh, from my, my childhood to, uh, to the, as you say, the leader I, I am today
0: yeah thank you i appreciate you sharing uh, some of your journey and uh, let's jump straight into talking about fintech um if you were (laughs) i was going to say explain it like you would to a five-year-old but i think when it comes to fintech i'm i may have the equivalent understanding of a of a five-year-old so i think we're uh, (laughs) i i would not um claim to have a deep understanding what what is i guess yeah in its simplest form what is fintech and I'm interested to know what the landscape of fintech is around the world today
1: so I mean technically it's um, it's technology applied to financial services but I look at it more broadly so I look at it from innovation in financial services and um, how you know not only technology but innovative business models and and companies that come and kind of change the way you you do things from a customer experience, operations point of view. Um, so I look at it from, because my background is I'm, I'm a business guy. I look at FinTech from a business perspective rather than from a technology perspective. Um, so for me, technology is, is cool and it's important, but it's really how you use it for, business purposes that, that is really important uh, and that's that's the view i have from from working in in corporate strategy where okay well you know, a cool cool technology is coming out cool but what is what does it mean for our business what is it you know, is it reducing costs is it improving um, is it uh, improving revenues what what does it do for us so i look at I look at fintech as some kind of intersection of business, economics, technology, um, people, uh, kind of this big mix. You shake it and you have fintech.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that explanation. Um, and, uh, and you mentioned strategy there. So for, for leaders listening, I think the word strategy is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot. What, what do you, how would you define strategy?
1: um For me, corporate or business strategy, um, it's it, it doesn't need to be very complicated. It gets complicated as as a business is gets complicated, but uh, at at a very high level, it's just you know what are you selling, who are you selling it to, and how do you sell it to these people? Um, so this is the essence of of strategy. Um, then. Obviously it gets it gets a bit more complicated when you say, Okay, what are you selling? And that that answer can can take a little while to, to answer. Um and who are you selling it to and all that stuff. But um yeah, I don't I don't think it needs to be um to be very complicated. It's true that when we say strategy, it's very broad, but um for me, I look at it yeah, as a holistic kind of discipline, and then you can dive into some specifics around marketing, distribution, products, um, operations. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, at, at a high level, it's not very it's not very complicated.
0: And what what would you see as, I guess, uh, for leaders out there right now? What do you see are the biggest challenges? Leaders are finding with um, uh, with creating and executing good strategy. And what are the biggest mistakes you see people making when you when you consult to them?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I mean it's it's hard because I mean the world is is changing very fast and um, it's not slowing down. So I feel people get distracted a bit. So they kind of devise a strategy, and then they see something, and and they get excited, but you know the new shiny thing, and um, and they don't follow through on executing their strategy. So for me, it's you come up with a strategy and you execute it, and you obviously adapt it as as things come up, but you try to keep your focus and lack of focus is is what really kills uh, a strategy because actually any strategy is not, is is only as good as as its execution and if you don't execute your strategy it's it's useless so for me i think it you need to take the time to to devise a plan and to execute yeah. your plan but ultimately you know you just need to do it and don't lose your your focus. Um, so that's that's the thing I, I've, I see a lot. And so on one hand, people not not taking the time to make a plan. So yeah, not taking into account all all the different aspects that you need to you, know, you need to do your market research, you need to come up with like an efficient marketing and and distribution strategy. And then once you have, once you have this plan, just execute it. And of course, you you will adjust with time, but just just go for it. And I, I feel this is where this is where I, like most challenges lie.
0: Hmm. I, I I love how you said. Uh, you know, being able to focus on it and not lose focus sounds so simple, but I agree. Mm. I think it's very. It's very easy to lose focus uh, for a number of reasons. How how have you seen leaders, and how would you advise leaders out there who set who who are nodding along, going, "Yes, I do need to um to stay focused." We made that strategy six months ago, and we really have lost the way. Uh, would you have any tips on how to stay focused on a strategy?
1: Um. Yeah. No. It's it's hard, especially. I mean, the past. Yeah, eighteen months to two years. have been have been quite tough in 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 focusing too much on the short term and and what's happening and and kind of losing sight of of big picture. Um, so yeah, I guess um, you have lots of terms around that big picture, north north star, but kind of looking at where your business is going in in the next few years and and then. Uh, working back uh, to where you are today and thinking of like the the small elements. So it's trying to take this time to um, just um, not get distracted by everything that is going on. So do spend time uh, just analyzing where, where your industry is going, what your business is doing but at the same time, trying to match this with, with your long-term vision. Um, so, I mean, there is a bit of performance management around this, which is keep your metrics and have a look at, at how your business is doing, how the industry is doing, how how your business is doing compared to the industry. But then, uh, trying to, to, to have this element of short-term, but to match it with your long-term vision. Um, I I say this, it's it's quite hard to do, but not to get distracted by by all the signals and all the noise. Uh, but I guess this is what differentiates a, a good leader to from a bad leader that will just everything that comes up and and will will want to reorient the business and reorient the strategy. Um, but but you need to you need to just um, just avoid the, the noise. There is a constant noise, uh, especially especially today with uh, so much information uh, going your way in terms of emails and, and news and news feeds and, and all that. But you do need to, uh, to just you know, close your email box, your email inbox and, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do what I needed to do today.
0: <laughs> yeah that's so good um and uh, i love how passionate you are about fintech uh, what what is it about fintech that you think has captured you so much this is obviously something that you're deeply passionate about what is it specifically about fintech that you think for you is just you know like a magnet for you it's really drawn you in
1: um so yeah i mean it's funny because when i started working in in Retail business banking—it um, w- it was known as as a boring industry. Um, I mean, retail banking had been a boring industry for many years, and um, and then I, I saw a wave of of innovation and really cool stuff happening. Um, so, I guess yeah, I guess what what really excited me and and still now is how people come to to a problem and try to solve it and try to improve everything from customer experience to efficiency to business economics um and i guess this is where uh this is where my my passion for for corporate strategy like kind of uh, matched with fintech is that I, i've realized that so much was happening in in the industry and so many this so much disruption was was coming to uh, to the industry and this is where i, I got really excited about you know, how how in in such a short period of time so many things can change um and this is where this is what It went from a boring industry to probably one of the most exciting and where all the investments is going is, I guess, I'm not the only one being excited about what's going on. Um, And there's still so much to do as well. So that's what uh, makes it so interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, for you, if you look back over your career, what are... I guess I'm interested to know what are some of the moments that, that really shaped you, some specific moments? Does anything come to mind? As a, I guess I'm thinking of any specific moments as a leader where you remember that conversation or that mentor you had or that, uh, that mistake you made but you learned from it. You know, is there anything that you look back and think that was a real moment for you that made a, big, uh, made a significant impact on you becoming who you are today?
1: Um, I guess I mean I was lucky enough to uh, to have a good manager, and we always say that you, know, you you stay in a job for your manager rather than for the job itself. Yeah. And I do think that it plays a role uh, in the sense that I was given freedom around uh, shaping my my role uh, over time, and. That really helped me so develop my interest for for fintech and develop quite a passion about it. So I was given freedom around, you know, basically like researching a lot what was going on and, and feeding into into the into the business planning around that. Um, and it's really what shaped me over the years. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I had uh, if I had a more let's say, rigid boss uh, that would have said, no, Tristan, you need to do your task and this is your role and tick the boxes, please. Um, probably I would have been very different today. Uh, and and I feel, you know, to be, well, I always felt like to be, well, I guess it, it developed over time, but to be really good at something, you need to be passionate. So you need to be, uh, to have a lot of interest into what you're doing because then, Kind of don't feel like you're working a lot because uh, you you like what you do, um, but you need you need to be given uh, freedom to find this interest and um, and to find things that will interest you in your job. So I was lucky enough that uh, over time, yeah, I was given this opportunity and even more when. When uh, in 2018, we, um, so the bank I was working for, we merged with with Virgin Money, and then, uh, as a result of that, uh, I was given like a, a role in the team that was even more shaped to what I wanted to do, um, and and that from you know it's it feels like um, that was that was a big push for me in, in developing my skills.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I love that. Obviously, that manager that you had there played a big part in your leadership development. And um, are there any specific moments with that manager that come to mind where you think that was great leadership? I, I always love asking people about this because uh, I feel like when we're, when we're working with someone like that, we pick up so much. And it's always funny when you look back and you think, oh, that's right. Yes, there was that situation where they handled that really well, or they just, they just really stopped and listened to me. And, uh, you know, there's always really interesting moments that come out. Does anything come to mind with that manager? That was a specific moment where you look back and think, yeah, that was a, um, that was really great leadership.
1: So, yeah, I mean, beyond, uh, beyond being given a, a very tailored role, um, like in this new team uh, after to the merger, that was really, you know, you looked at the specs and it was exactly what I wanted to do. So that was a lot of you know, uh, him listening to what I wanted to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also the fact that I, because I had this good relationship, I I told him a while in advance that uh, I wanted to leave London and and move to, Barcelona. This was before, you know, a time before COVID. So you know, long time ago now, but it yeah. was uh, it was 2019, uh, and I was saying, look, i saying that uh, it's time for me to uh, to to move to to Barcelona uh, because I want to to change uh, life uh, a bit. Mm. And it was very understanding because uh, because he knew that. I couldn't continue my job here. So we we had this open dialogue around the fact that I was living and trying to make sure that projects I was managing were uh, handed over to people. So I think it was good, you know, because I hear sometimes of uh, managers that, that get pissed off because someone is living and don't understand really what, what the other person is doing. Is it, okay, well, yeah, but, you know my aspirations are not matching what what you want me me to do, and you know I have this good opportunity, and I feel it takes when I hear stories around me of people working for managers that kind of are uh, assholes. I, I feel like okay, well maybe I was was a bit lucky there that uh, I got someone that understood, or at least took you know, five minutes to say, okay, well, fine. I mean, you you're changing. You're changing your life so there's nothing i can do about it and it's great for you and this kind of stuff uh but i feel it takes a bit of time it it's not every leader that that understands uh and and it takes a bit of skills to uh to i guess develop that
0: yeah i, I think you're right and um it's it's a fascinating journey you've been on moving from, you know, being in London now being in Barcelona. I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of listeners might be in the U S or, you know, where I am in Australia, what's your perspective on, uh, I guess business in Europe as, as someone who's uh, grown up in Europe, as someone who's worked now in London and now in, in Barcelona for those who might not be familiar with europe i guess i'm just really interested to know what what do you see like what's the landscape like um you know in in barcelona in spain in particular in london but but across europe what's what what do you see from from your perspective right now um
1: so i guess there there are a few uh i think what what makes europe interesting is that you have a few international cities so uh obviously London is one and, and Barcelona and, and other cities in, in Europe um, but so they're international and then you have the overlay of, uh, of local culture for, like business culture and, and general culture which makes it really interesting um, and then within that the various communities uh, so here same as, as in London, you have lots of French people and they're organized in different communities, so uh, but you also have um, so in London, you would have people from all over, here you have people from all over but with a huge um, huge community from, from Latin America like because of the language um, that's, that's also I guess one um, one particularity about but business in Europe is that, let's see most of the business is done in in English. When you do like across Europe, then you have also the, the, the different languages within. Um, so here you have like Spanish and you have Catalan. If you're in Paris, you would have French. Uh, if you're in Germany, you will have a, another overlay of, of German. So, and with, with the languages come come a specific culture and ways of, of working so it makes it quite interesting um and i guess it's the same you know when you're in the us there are there are differences between the ways you do business in in austin texas and in in los angeles or in new york so um it's just yeah i i guess in every big big places um you you have differences and similarities between, uh, between, uh, cities and, and, um, yeah, I guess it makes it, makes it quite interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, one thing I know about Barcelona and like I said, I don't know, uh, that much about Europe apart from, uh, really footballing, footballing teams, which I've, uh, which is how I place geography in, in Europe is based on my, uh, what, you know, my experience watching football growing up. Um, but uh the Barcelona Olympics, I believe, are really important in uh, you know, Barcelona really establishing itself as an international city. And um that's for me is very exciting because I, I'm based in Brisbane here in Australia and we we have the Olympics coming in uh two thousand and thirty-two. And so I, I uh I think there's obviously we are nowhere near as close to everywhere as you are. <laughs> In uh, in Europe, how you have neighbours, uh, you know, so close in so many directions. But um, that's I f- I find that exciting. Um, was there was there anything in particular that drew you to Barcelona? Did you always know that you might want to be based in Spain?
1: Um, yeah, no, I agree with the Olympics. Plus, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury uh, sang at the, the opening of the Olympics, so there is not nothing more epic than that. Yeah, um, true. and yeah, yeah. They, they can be leveraged to to do great things of a of a city. London is the same, like Paris. Uh, the Olympics are coming in three years. I so think it's yeah. always a good opportunity to build lots of infrastructure and leverage it uh, afterwards. Um, well, I guess after London, uh, we were considering a few cities um, in Europe, um, but. I really wanted to to leave abroad to continue living abroad, so mm. I wasn't tempted to go to Paris, for instance. Yeah. Um. So, so I guess in the end we decided on, on Barcelona because it's a good mix of a uh, good business environment. At the same time, you know, you have a good uh, quality of life. So you have the beach, you have the mountain. And uh, the mm-hmm. weather tends to be nice uh, um during during all the all the year. so uh, i guess I guess you're looking at you know, trying to see what what's uh, what's a good mix because there are other places where maybe the quality of life is great, but uh, business wise it's it, nothing happens or adversely, yeah. you know you can have a good business environment like you know, London, but but the, the quality of life is it's not the same. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I guess trying to look at, at a broad picture um, and, and I, I think people will more and more uh, look at uh, different elements. I mean, we've seen with, with the pandemic where people were like, okay, well, why, why am I in the city? I, would, I should have like a bigger place or uh, I can work from anywhere. Why? Why am I, you know, in living in a shoebox in in this big city? Um, I, I think we'll see we'll see quite uh, quite some uh, different dynamics now um, in terms of because uh, remote working is not going away. And people are not going back to the office five days a week, so which is going to have an impact on on these big cities. Um, so in terms of infrastructure in terms of, uh, work dynamics, I think it's going to be quite interesting. Um, I read, yeah very a few articles around that and I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic in terms of, uh, well, especially also in terms of leadership. So how do you lead teams are not in front of you all the time? Um, and I think some people are not particularly good at it, so they're going to have to learn because it's very different from, uh, you know, you have your the 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 traditional FaceTime uh, with your boss. Well, if you don't have it all the time, so how do you build relationships and how do you lead teams? Um, it's going to be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, if you if there's a leader out there who's who's sitting there going, "Wow, I really need to, I really need to 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 clarify our strategy or come up with a new strategic plan." Um, where would where would you encourage them to start? You know, someone who hasn't visited it in a while, or knows it's broken, um, or maybe just realizes they need to change the way they do it because it hasn't been working in small or large uh, organization. What what would be a starting point you'd recommend for a a leader?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I would go back to the drawing board in, and and um, you know, maybe. If you feel it's broken, you know, try not to I think reading your business plan, you you're you're gonna be kind of um, biased in in okay, well, actually we think we're doing right. So I think I would go back to to the basics. Um so what I was saying is okay, you know, what what are we selling? I mean, really like think thinking deep at uh, you know what's our business, what's our core. Um And, and going into, into things like purpose is that what's, you know, what's our business? What, what do we stand for? Uh, and because I, I do feel this, this is a kind of thing that will filter through the, the business is that, okay, um, we are really good at that or we're known for this. And this is why, this is what I want the business to stand for. and. gives you an indication to okay what are you selling Then going to okay who are our customers yeah i mean uh, and so i would go back to the basics like and and think hard to about this um and you'll you might come up with answers that are very different from a business plan um and and yeah and then try to see what's you know what's the vision for the business so I, this is some, this is a question I, I often ask is, okay, you know, what what's, it's, it's a bit like you're going into an interview and where do you see yourself in five years? But it's the same as, um, as a business. Okay. Where, where do you see this business in five years? And, uh, and then if you can't answer that, then, well, okay, well, a bit, try to think a bit harder about, okay, well, like really where, what what, um, what value proposition do you see in five years? What, what kind of products? What's what the scale of the business you want? And, and, and this is where I tend to identify a lot of mismatches. Is that, okay, you know, I see this business being huge in five years. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're going to need a lot of investments or because organic growth, it's not going to work or, Oh yeah, I want one million customer in five years. Sure, but you know, do you? Do you if you plug the numbers, uh, yes. you need this kind of customer acquisition. Okay, how do you get to this customer acquisition? Uh, oh well, I'm gonna do this. Well, okay, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna have like. Uh, so this is, I guess, I guess being a consultant is asking lots of questions, and I tend, I tend to be, I tend to be very direct and maybe. I guess sometimes a bit brutal, but I prefer to have frank discussions. And yeah. um you know, I'm not here to to sell hours to sell hours I just I I genuinely think I can help businesses. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is not working. Oh this is you know this, your marketing strategy is crap. Okay, let's let's <laughs> look at it and let's try to improve. Um, but I, I think I mean I prefer to be brutally honest and and people are so people have realistic um realistic uh, kind of um views rather than saying oh yeah sure you you'll you'll get a million customers in a year Yeah, really really thinking that it's not possible that's that's not how I I want to do things
0: Yeah absolutely Uh no I, I appreciate that and so, for people who are listening, I guess as we as we wrap up, how where can they find you for the uh, fintech review, but also for the uh, for Strategy? Uh, where can people find you if they'd like to know more about what you do and and connect?
1: Um, so they can obviously find me on LinkedIn, where I'm I'm quite active, um, and you can find me on Twitter um at fintech underscore review uh, where i'm also quite active or go yeah go to fintechreview.net um and there is lots of content around around fintech and and thought leaders writing and being interviewed so um so yeah that's that's how uh, you can keep in touch with me and i'm always keen to to talk and meet new people so uh or people can drop me an email at um, hello at uh, fintechreview.net.
0: yeah perfect um, and any any final thoughts for people out there who are listening
1: well nothing much thanks for um, for having this uh, little chat with me it was quite uh, quite interesting and uh, enjoyed um, sharing my
0: thoughts yeah it's been it's been great to have you on and uh, um, uh, something else that people can can connect with as well is uh, Tristan did the seven questions on leadership. Um, so if you go to consultclarity.org, uh, you can find uh, find that as well. Um, there's some great answers there that Tristan gave on, on a bunch of questions about leadership as well. Uh, but uh, thank big thank you to Tristan for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, just a reminder that it really helps us out if you can subscribe or follow and leave a review. And if you found today particularly helpful, uh, the conversation with Tristan about fintech and about strategy, then please share this episode with friends, uh, with colleagues. It it helps us to help more leaders to become the very best they can be, which is the heart of what we do at Clarity and and also um, the heart of this podcast. Uh, So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles in different industries answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership.